draws us back together. Now your enemy is my enemy. His name is Sefin. And what does he want? Revenge. Me. When her secret finds its way out, it'll be the death of you. You can imagine why I've come back to play. There's a young lady in Santiago I want you to meet. You're late. When you're ready. Salute. I met your new double O. She's a disarming young woman. I get why you shot him. Yeah, well, everyone tries at least once. James Bond. We both eradicate people to make the world a better place. I just want to be a little tidier. from bad villains from heroes these days what is it you don't know what this is he's going to kill millions if we don't do this there will be nothing left to save a weekly discussion of film, television, and pop culture. My name is Jeff Zhang, and tonight I'm joined by... Amir Turay. And Derek Wong. So tonight we're talking about Daniel Craig's swan song as James Bond in Kari Joji Fukunaga's No Time to Die, the 25th installment of the Eon 007 franchise, and Daniel Craig's fifth and final turn in the tuxedo. Yeah, so maybe we should just get right into it and talk a little bit about our experiences with James Bond. I think we're all roughly the same age, so I'm sure we'll all be similar <laughs> with our yeah. experiences. But um who is your formative Bond? Is it Pierce Brosnan or Daniel Craig? I'm I'm curious to ask. It's gotta be Pierce Brosnan, I think, for Goldeneye, that goddamn N sixty four game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like if you're asking like my formative Bond experience, it's that N sixty four game. I would say so, too, I think. Actually. <laughs> so, like, I don't even know, like, does Pierce Brosnan count? I, I guess, yeah. So, it's yeah, it's him. I went back and I looked and I was like, so he was actually only in four movies. And, like, actually, like, maybe only GoldenEye was good? Yeah. GoldenEye is really fucking good, though. I want to say that's, like, Casino Royale level good. Well, same director, right? Same director. Yeah, Martin Campbell. Yeah, which is um, wild. I think that's the best of the Brosnan Bonds. Yeah, the others are kind of forgettable. I think uh, Die Another Day has like some camp appeal to it. I uh, immediately love Die Another Day. Really? It's, nice. it's like <laughs> so dumb and cheesy, but it's it's so over the top. I remember it's like the first movie I remember seeing Rosamund Pike in. 
Yeah. It was almost the start of like another franchise with like the Halle Berry Jinx character. I remember there was a lot of talks back then about yeah. like her character branching off and possibly being her own character, which I mean, we'll talk about this idea. I think a little bit with Lashana Lynch's character. They're, they're, yeah, so they're coming back. They're revisiting that, right? Yeah. I admittedly, I understand that movie's super campy and corny and cheesy, but I love it. But I mean, to answer your question, I think for me, it, it is Daniel Craig. I've enjoyed these movies as a whole. I mean, I haven't enjoyed all of them, but I've enjoyed, I think, these movies as a whole more than I have the Pierce Brosnan ones. Even though I do, I agree with you guys. I think GoldenEye is a great movie, but there are some in this Daniel Craig run that I think are just amazing, really great. And yeah, yeah, I, I would, I would say that Daniel Craig is, is my Bond. I mean, yeah. going back and like thinking about how how goofy those Pierce Brosnan movies did get, they got out of control pretty quickly. Like they spiraled out yeah. of control real quick. And you can see how the Daniel Craig series has been like a, like an intentional correction in the other direction. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. They ended with reverse yellow face. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe a bad one. Remember that fucking um, Gustav yeah. Graves? Yeah, yeah. the, the North Korean colonel <laughs> who underwent like genetic DNA resequencing to turn him white. Yeah. <laughs> oh my yep. god. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So, like, Wikipedia has, like, a pretty neat little chart of all of them and then all their Rotten Tomato scores for, for whatever, like, weight you place in Rotten Tomato scores. I think Jeff's a certified reviewer there, so obviously they don't mean anything. But um, <laughs> if we do give them any credit here, like, the Brosnan ones go Goldeneye's at 79, and then Tomorrow Never Dies, 56, World's Not Enough, 52, Diner of the Day, 56. And then the Daniel Craig ones go 94, 64, 92, 63, and then 84 for this last one. I feel people were way more discerning back then because GoldenEye is way better than a 79%, I feel. Yeah. I feel like it's remembered very fondly. I I don't know why, like, a whole fifth of the critics didn't, didn't like exist. it. Yeah. Rotten didn't yeah, exist yeah. in 95, so who knows, like, what does that mean, right? But, like... Yeah. If you're talking retroactive stuff, like, go all the way back to the beginning, like, Dr. No has a 95% on Rotten Tomatoes, for whatever that means from a movie from fucking 1962. But Dr. Yeah. No, from Russia with Love, are both 95. Goldfinger's a 99. Thunderball, 87. You Only Live Twice, 73. Basically, like, like Sean Connery crushes. all Like, all those movies are bangers, right? I'm gonna be honest. I'm, like, only really familiar with Three Bonds. Um, just a little bit of Dalton, because my dad watched, like, the Timothy Dalton ones. And that's only two movies, right? Uh, the Living right, Daylights yeah. and License yeah, to yeah. Kill. And then we go straight into Brosnan and then and Daniel Craig, so... I mean, have you not gone back to see the older ones? No, not really. Oh, really? I mean, I've seen a lot of them, but like, I haven't like gone back to revisit or anything. I think I'm in the same boat here. Like, I distinctly remember like having them on TV when I was a kid, you know, because we exactly. like watching them. But I don't really remember like Connery. I don't really remember Dalton. I really only kind of remember the Brosnan movies and Daniel Craig. And mm-hmm. I know there are some like super fans out there, right? That like absolutely love Bond. Like it's their, you know, quote unquote franchise. Yeah. And I, I guess I'm not one of those people. Uh, <laughs> but I've enjoyed maybe as blasphemous as this sounds to maybe some people. Like I've enjoyed the Mission Impossible series more than I've enjoyed the Bond series overall. I mean, it's certainly better than the Craig Bond film. Like as a whole, I think. Like mm-hmm. beginning to end. I mean, that's that's just my opinion too, but 
<laughs> Maybe that's blasphemy. I don't know. <laughs> I think I know. I think I have to agree with you guys. I, I mean, I guess it depends on what you're looking for in a movie franchise. The yeah. Mission Impossible movies have some of the like campy fun of the earlier bonds that the Daniel Craig bonds yeah. like intentionally mm-hmm. discarded, right? Mm-hmm. So like if you're missing that, then maybe like that's why Mission Impossible's better for you. I mean, I would agree. I I think the Mission Impossible movies are more fun. These Daniel Craig Bond movies are like kind of dour. They are. Yes. I mean, and I think the best ones in this franchise have been I mean, if you're thinking about like Casino Royale, Skyfall, and this, like they are, <laughs> they are the ones I remember for being very like heavy wow. with you know wh- where they take the Bond character and the subsequent like uh, you know uh, side characters too. Um, I'm thinking about Skyfall, uh-huh. uh, which is one of my favorites. So yeah, I, I definitely agree. Like it, there's a little bit more weight I think to some of these movies compared to let's say like a Mission Impossible. I, I was going to say that I actually think that I like Skyfall more than any Mission Impossible movie. But as a whole, I think I like the Mission Impossible franchise more. Like, just as, like, Ooh, I don't set know if I would movies. agree. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, just, I think I disagree with that one, too. I, yeah. For me, none of the post-Casino Royale Daniel Craig Bonds have really stood out. I, I think Really? The, for me, the plots to them are all very kind of muddled. And sort of goofy, mm-hmm. and like there isn't like I don't know a super standout action sequence in any of them where you go, oh, that's the one, like that was the banger, right? Like Mission Impossible has these huge set pieces where you're like, oh, yeah. this is the thing that they're doing, and it fucking whips, right? Like all of them have at least one. I always forget you're like a you're like a big Skyfall hater. No, I'm just kidding. You're not. No, I'm not a hater, dude. I just don't get it. Like it doesn't. Like, do you really? I just it doesn't it doesn't make a an impression for me. Someone tweeted, I don't know who it was, but they were like, huge red flag. Liking Skyfall more than Casino Royale. <laughs> yeah, I'd definitely agree with that. Casino Royale is for, yeah. for me clearly really? the best. By far. Yeah. By far. Oh, I'm sorry. I have to disagree. Really? Okay, wow. what? I love, okay. love Skyfall. Okay, you're going to have to explain two things there. What's good about Skyfall, A, and B, how could it possibly be better than Casino Royale? I mean, if you're talking about villains, I think you have Javier Bardem's Raul Silva is like one of the best villains in the Bond series. And where they take the character of M and like her relationship to that character, and then what they do at the end, I think that I think that last action set piece is great. That shootout in the house—it's like Home Alone redux. The fucking Home Alone sequence, exactly. Thank you, Jeff. It's Home Alone, bro. <laughs> I already saw this movie with Kevin McAllister. I don't, I don't need this shit with Bond. <laughs> and, uh, don't get me wrong. I also do love Casino Royale, but I, I don't know. I'm a bigger fan of, of Skyfall. Really? I think, overall, yeah. All right, I think I think Amir, you're cooler on Skyfall than I am. Wait. I think Skyfall is very, very close to Casino Royale, but like, I think Casino Royale is just obviously better. Mm-hmm. Just like the freshness it brought to incredibly, the incredibly Bond fresh. franchise. And switching gears a little bit, I think the Daniel Craig journey as Bond is very, very funny. It's very odd. I feel because like. The first two movies are about him as, like, this unrefined, rough-edged novice. And then the last three are about him as, like, a relic, as, like, an old fucking dog or some shit, you know? There's no in-between. <laughs> yeah, there's no in-between. It's such you know, a weird prime, right? That's transition or whatever, right? Um, 
All right, but like other than the Skyfall Casino Royale debate, I think we probably have a consensus on the ranking of the Daniel Craig Bonds. Should I list mine and then see if you guys sure. agree other than <laughs> Casino Royale Skyfall? From best to worst, Casino Royale, Skyfall, No Time to Die, Quantum, and then Spectre. Ooh, okay. I would go... <laughs> oh, shit, really? <laughs> no, okay, it's not that different. I would go Skyfall. Okay. I, I knew that was coming, but... Skyfall... What is the... Uh, Casino? What? Casino, thank you. I'm so I'm blanking. <laughs> Casino... This one, No Time to Die. I would probably put Spectre over Quantum. I don't remember Quantum at all. I it's goofy. Even, yeah. <laughs> Spectre's so bad, No, though. those two are really bad. I, at least I remember things about Spectre, but maybe it's time because Quantum came out so long ago, but at least I kind of remember Spectre, but I don't remember Quantum at all. I think you should rewatch Quantum. Quantum's okay. It's not as bad as other people will lead you to believe, I don't think. Um, what about you, Amir? I kind of agree with you, Jeff, and that's also the critical consensus if anyone cares about Rotten Tomatoes, but... Oh, is that the order of Rotten Tomatoes? Yeah, it's... Okay, whatever, who cares? <laughs> Casino, Skyfall, No Time to Die, Quantum, and Spectre, but that's real narrow, 64 and 63 for those last two. And then the first two are 94 and 92, so very narrow, like, very close. Um, uh, Spectre as, as you were does saying, not Jeff. deserve a 63, that movie is fucking... <laughs> Dog shit. It's really so is that bad? Wow. I don't know. So you see for me, maybe this is sacrilege, because apparently everyone likes Skyfall. <laughs> like none of those middle three movies really stand out to me. So you put No Time to Die above Skyfall, you're saying? Right now, maybe I have to go back and rewatch Skyfall and remember why it was good. Like, just a quick like Wikipedia skim, like I do remember that like uh, Bardem is good and like the whole idea of like the sins of MI6 coming back to bite them in the ass, it's a cool idea. Um, and, like, they do the whole mother-betrayed-son like, relationship well. Like, I do remember all that being pretty good. So, like, I guess, like, fine. But, yeah, I don't know if it's recency bias because No Time to Die was just right now. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. I, uh, I, no Time to Die is probably better than Skyfall. I, I don't know. I don't feel strongly about any movie between, like, Casino Royale and this last one. Okay. To be honest. Which, is I know, is a weird, like, weird take. But, like, they just don't. Just, I don't know, like, these like, weird twisty plots, kind of the villains never really go anywhere. Like, it's very difficult to introduce these, like, nemeses who, like, retroactively had a history with Bond, and, like, that's why they hate him, and, oh, this guy was actually, like, the behind-the-scenes guy behind all... It's just, it's very... I don't know. I can see that. That's fair. If they're not trying to give the villain, like, this fake backstory with Bond, then he's just, like, some random one-off guy who, like, hates water or something. Like, I don't, I don't fucking... <laughs> I don't know. I don't like it, man. The villains are just not very memorable. Yeah. Especially Spectre, because they pulled out all the stops for Christoph Waltz as fucking Blofeld, and he fucking... Blue Feld or something. I don't fucking know. <laughs> <laughs> he was fucking horrible. Yeah, he, he was, was... He was horrible. Yeah, Waltz is normally pretty good but like he makes no impression out of that character right yeah yeah so i mean shall we transition that into our discussion about no time to die okay one last thing before we get into this fucking movie is that casino royale actually has like some fun to it eva green's like the best deuteragonist um she's of all of so these. fucking good she's so incredibly yeah. good she's so much fun the flirting is good like it's real good yeah, there's 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 nothing as good in any of these other movies. Period. 
she's so good as Vesper that she fucking haunts him throughout like all five fucking movies. All five movies, yeah. It's all about <laughs> um, yeah. I think it's a little much, and I think that's the kind of a big problem with No Time to Die is because of like the Craig Bonds are like the first time they've ever had one single continuity, like trying to like tell one big story. Yeah, and I want to say. It doesn't really work. Yeah, it doesn't. The plot's too twisty and weird. You can't really keep track. Like, like I don't know, Spectre and Quantum and all these weird organizations. Like, yeah, it, it, it doesn't really work. Yeah, my big problem with No Time to Die is that it leans so heavily on the worst Craig Bond. On Spectre? Oh. Yeah, on Spectre. You got a continuation with Madeline Swan, played by Leia Seydoux. She's by far the love interest with the least chemistry with Daniel Craig. <laughs> I think they do Ooh, interesting. an okay job in No Time to Die. Yeah, they do a pretty good job in this one. Especially considering there's nothing in Spectre between those two. It's, it's fucking complete dead air between them. And I think they kind of salvage a little bit something here in No Time to Die, so I'll give them credit for that. But they also bring back Blofeld, which is like... I'm kind of rolling my eyes at that, and I don't know, it's just a lot of Spectre stuff that I felt muddied the waters here. So my guess is that I might be the one who might have liked this the most. I don't know, just from hearing what you guys are saying. I didn't dislike this too much. Okay. I really didn't. To its credit, it felt like a movie, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. Like, they try to make these people seem like human characters. There's some nice big establishing shots in beautiful locations like like it, like it feels like a movie it's it's big and it's long and it takes its time with some stuff it feels like a movie for better or worse i do very much like that mm-hmm. like the plots kind of whatever but i don't know i didn't overall hate this i thought it was a fitting wrap-up mm-hmm. yeah i would say i like this i don't i wouldn't yeah. say i didn't like this yeah i like this okay i ended yeah, up giving no- it a b minus so. Oh, okay. That seems harsh, actually. <laughs> that seems harsh. Like, I'm <laughs> that seems harsh. harsh. Really? Yeah. A plus, like a, B. No, a plus. <laughs> I think this is like a B, probably. It's just okay. We're going through the same motions as we did with Black Widow, I think. Because <laughs> <laughs> I gave that a B minus two. That was also Scarlett Johansson's song song as uh, Natasha. It was, it was. And then here I gave this a B minus two. I was going to say, I mean, I really like this movie just because I feel like it takes a little bit of a risk with the actual Bond character. I don't necessarily agree with your assessment of the whole, like, bringing in too much Spectre. Like, I don't think it, like, I don't remember that movie at all. And I don't think it took away from the fact that, like, I needed to kind of remember that movie. Like, I had to remember that Leah Seydoux's character is from that movie. I had to remember that, like, it's pretty much taking off exactly where that one left off, right? With them kind Mm -hmm. of escaping. All of that, yes, it reminds me of Spectre, but at the same time, I felt like this movie was still isolated in that sense, that you don't actually necessarily need to watch Spectre. The story still flows as like a standalone movie. And I just really like that it takes the risk of actually giving this character an ending. Yeah. It's like no other Bond we've seen before, right? 
I feel like Spectre tried to do it, right? Just in case, you know, Daniel Craig was really not going to come back anymore. At the end of that movie, they sent him off into retirement. But in this movie, it's very different. It's a different type of retirement, I guess. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we'll get to that later. <laughs> but yeah, I commend this movie for at least taking that risk and saying like, hey, you know, we started with his career, right? And like literally the actual character of James Bond, like his career starts with Casino Royale. And, you know, we're seeing the end of his career with No Time to Die. And, yeah, you know, it kind of reminds me a little bit of like Logan, right? Like we've mm-hmm. seen this character for over 15 years now or 10 or 15 years. And and now we're actually seeing like an ending, you know, a, a finite stop point for Daniel Craig and for this character at this moment. I mean, you, we know that he's coming back, but like, yeah, I mean... My problem is not with the ending, because that ending is fucking great. I do like the ending. Yeah, and yeah, I think it's very ballsy, very gutsy. Like, I did not think that the studio would actually allow them to do what they do did what they with did. the character. Really? Yeah. I don't know. I just feel like there's, like, sacred stuff when it comes to Bond. And, like, they did a lot of stuff with him where I didn't think that they would do. I mean, we'll get to that. But they took some, some big risks, and I, I really, really appreciate that. I think Rami Malek as a Lucifer Safin, uh, he kind of sucked. Yeah, uh, man. He, he was really like a nothing villain, really nothing I villain. feel. They're all kind of nothing villains, though, man. Yeah, he started out really promising, Really interesting, actually. yes, yes. The I very beginning. That. that cold opens fantastic. It's like yeah, a fucking yeah. slasher movie where he comes yeah. through the window and kills uh, Madeline's mom. Yeah, it's great. And even his motivation is interesting because, like, he's got a vendetta against Spectre, right? Yep. So, like, mm-hmm. it's kind of aligning with MI6's agenda of, like, trying to take down Spectre. But then that fizzles out, like, so fast. Like, it just becomes, like, oh, nanobots, like, threat against the world. Like, what happened yeah. to the this interesting dynamic where, like, the enemy of my enemy is my friend or whatever, right? And, and they just yeah. totally lost that thread. Yeah, by the end of it, he just wants to kill everybody, I guess. And it's I like, guess. Yeah. I'm not even what? sure. It's, I don't yeah. even think yeah. it's clear. It doesn't make any sense. No, he, well, he's got maps and stuff or whatever, like algorithms <laughs> that fucking show like the world is going to die. I'm like, okay, so this became mustache twirly evil guy, just like I yeah. guess every yeah, other yeah, yeah. James Bond movie in a sense. But uh, yeah, I, I totally agree. Like, I was so on board with this guy. I thought I was like, oh. This is a like an interesting character, right? Who seems to be outsmarting Bond at every move, outsmarting MI6 and using their resources and Spectre's resources against them. Uh-huh. And then and then that was it. Like it just stops. <laughs> I mean the the coolness of that character really stops at that Cuba, right? Once he enacts his like plan. Yeah. Right, to kill all of Spectre. And that was it. And then it becomes a much more worse character, I think in my opinion. Yeah. Although he's, he he does you know, play a critical role in that cool ending, right? Like the poisoning thing is neat. Yeah, yes. it's yes. good. But and, and like his base is cool. I do like the base he's got. Mm-hmm. I think it's yeah. a cool base, and that's part of the movie thing too. Like they got this huge, you know, I don't know, abandoned chemical plant thing. It, there's a lot of cool visuals with that base and stuff. I like it. Um, but yeah, yeah he's, he's kind of a meh villain for much of this. Yeah, I was gonna say the last thing I was gonna say before we can like start talking about spoilers and really getting into this is that my only kick against the movie is that I thought it was a little too long. I think a two hour forty five minute run is is pretty long for a movie, and I, I could have seen maybe like thirty, even maybe even forty five minutes of this movie being cut. I think there's a lot of wanting to create closure, you know, having to bring back the Blofeld character, having to bring back the the Felix character, and 
I think there's stuff that could have been cut and I would have been fine with it. I didn't feel it at all, actually. I mean, I felt it a little bit, but I actually thought this flew by. Mm-hmm. I didn't really feel the length that much. I think the pacing's actually really good because right when like my attention started flagging, Ana de Armas came in. I was like, yeah. okay. <laughs> uh, the whole Cuba sequence is just so Isn't great. Isn't she great? She's so good as Paloma. So much fun. Such a compelling character. I've never seen like a nervous James Bond character before. Like that was really cool. Well, like nervous, but also like extremely giddy and, and super like, competent though. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, she was, she was great. She's gorgeous. She looks really cool. She kills a bunch of guys in a really cool way. She's awesome. Um, they, they play a little bit with the Bond girl thing where like, she's like, no, I'm not here to hook up with you. This is just like your talks. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Um, which is like a kind of a through line here where they get less and less Bond girlish as they go on, I guess. These movies? Uh, people are like, oh, she's in it too little. We want to see more of her. But I thought that was perfect. Like, right when, like, you're feeling the length of the movie a little bit, this character comes in, fucking blows the roof off the whole thing, just steals the show for, like, ten minutes, and then she's like, all right, peace, I'm out. And then, like, you're back in it, you know? I don't think it has the room or the economy to, like, just have her around for the rest of the movie. So I thought it was perfect. I actually equated that whole sequence in Cuba. I, I want to call, like spy spec specsing <laughs> like they were basically having the equivalent of like sex through like the sex spy thing. game because like <laughs> there's a point where they're like coordinated they're like doing this dance you know what i mean like she's shooting left he's shooting right and even at the end he like compliments her and says like you were really good like it's like someone saying like that was a really good time <laughs> you know and he was like so happy about it she was so happy about it i was like this is weird like this is like this weird energy i've like not seen in like a Daniel Craig Bond or even like yeah. other Bonds. I thought it was really interesting. It was a little not what I was expecting, and I guess that's probably why it's so great. Yeah, uh, but let's let's coin that term. I don't I don't actually remember Spexing. the term I said. <laughs> Spexing. never going to be used again. <laughs> no, oh, damn. <laughs> but I mean, I want to just get into like the big spoiler of this movie if we can. Alright, you want to talk spoilers? I mean, they should call this movie Time to Die. Cause, uh, <laughs> Time to die right? <laughs> Very misleading title. Yeah. Fucking kill James Bond in this one. <laughs> yeah, so at the end of the movie... So basically our evil villain of Safin is trying to send around these murderous nanobots that basically kill you if you're uh, like a match DNA-wise, right? That it's encoded with and... I just want to say I'm sick of nanobots. Yes. <laughs> really? I was going to say I kind of like this this weapon. This is kind of a cool one. I don't know. I sort of like, like this. this one? All right. I, I kind of like, I kind of liked it. People are always using nanobots. Yeah. I I feel like I've seen this before. You feel like you haven't seen this before? Or it's like sure. throwing people's DNAs and shit. Yeah, yeah, know. yeah. But it's I don't know. It's cool. It's relevant. It's like being mad yeah. there's a lot of movies about nukes in like the <laughs> in like the Cold War era. It's just like it yeah. is what it is. Like this is the nuke of the 21st century, right? It's just like Project Insight from Winter Soldier, right? <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. yeah. that I mean, locks onto DNA too, right? Yeah, I mean, it's absolutely. not nanobots. Yeah, it's just a bunch of Those guns. Those are giant-ass like giant cannons. But. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so at, at the end of this film, to stop this spread of these nanobots, they have to send a bunch of missiles to this island, the rock style, right? Uh, yeah. Definitely <laughs> to, uh, the rock style. 
onto this island that Daniel Craig's Bond is on, and it's not like any kind of cutaway where we don't know what happens. Like, oh yeah, he gets vaporized. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That was big. That's the thing I'm talking about. That's the thing that's really big to me. That. I, I never thought they would, like, even at the end, I was like, oh, they're going to show him, like, floating in the ocean, or, like, he'll somehow get off. Like, a helicopter is going to come by right, right at the last second and save him or something. They because definitely did not do that. <laughs> they didn't do that, because that's not Bond movies, right? Like, it's there's yeah. always another story. There's always another mission for him, and you don't kill James Bond. Yeah, so, I had a guy in my a, theater yeah. get mad. Really? Like, as soon as that happened, he was like, that's bullshit, or whatever. <laughs> really? <laughs> He was super bad. Wow. Okay. Oh, man. That's cool. I'm, I'm, I'm glad it had an effect on somebody. I mean, I, I guess in that case, kudos to them for actually following through with that. Yeah, yeah, ballsy. Yeah. I mean, I thought it was a fitting ending. I thought that ending was very good. They twisted the knife, too, because uh, Saffin infects him with a nanobot, so he can't ever touch Madeline. Or their child. <laughs> or their child. It turns yeah. out that... So that's the other thing that they've never done with Bond, right? Have, like, mm-hmm. a kid. Give a kid, yeah. Yeah, give him a kid. And so, like, he can't touch, like, his kid or Madeline ever again. So, yeah, like, all right, the, I guess... those nanobots are coded with their DNA, right? So, like... Fucking die, I guess. That's, that's yeah. all that's left to do. Yeah. Because, like, even if you think about it, the way the movie was describing this technology, like... The nanobots just spread to anyone you touch, right? But it doesn't kill them, but they keep spreading. Right, yeah. So, like, even if he were to stay away and they were to stay away, there's, like, this fear, right? That at one point, one of those nanobots might catch up to them. Yeah, they were wildly cavalier about getting near James Bond when they found out he was infected with that stuff. Like, he was not even using gloves. Like, come on, dude. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I feel like there's a way, like, you could do something, like... I don't know, like an EMP or something? I don't know. No, man. Q Q says you can't do anything. <laughs> you have to trust Q. You have to trust Q. So, like, him dying in this, like, military missile strike, and, like, the way they did all the action sequences in this, it's a very, like, militaristic sort of James Bond. Like, he's using, like, these big-ass, like, I don't know, assault rifles or whatever they, whatever those weapons yeah. are. Like, he looks like a special ops guy. Yeah, he's right? less, less spy, right? Yeah, less... he seems like he's like some kind of like, I don't know, a soldier or something like that. Less than like a spy, like a tux, right? Like, it's definitely a shift. Yeah. The last like set piece on Safin's Island felt like, I don't know, like Extraction or something. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I did think this was a lot better than Extraction. I think this last yes. <laughs> set piece was pretty good. It was pretty good. Extraction was fun. I, I don't know. Wait, Extraction was... It had a single take scene that was really fucking good, too, in this, um, where he's going up the corridor. Yeah, that was was good. Filmed Mm -hmm. in one take. That was really, really good. That was good. Yeah, like all the brutalist architecture and stuff. It looked really cool. I liked the look of that lair. Yeah, I liked the idea of one of the missile silo covers, like it opens up and just like lets in all this kind of sun into this beautiful garden, but you realize it's like this, you know, he calls it his poison garden, which is like... I agree with Amir. I do like the kind of set production of this this layer a lot. Yeah. I mean, seeing those guys in pink uh, reminds me a lot of Squid Game at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like the lab workers or whatever. Yeah, the yeah, lab yeah. workers on those pink suits. Like, I was like, oh. I mean, I know this movie basically finished filming like two years ago, so it's not connected, but I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. I also wanted to talk about, I mean, I guess something that was a little surprising to me, because there was a lot of rumors that like Lashana Lynch's character 
yeah, was going to like replace him as James Bond or whatever, or like yeah, yeah. she's like the but new 007. Movie, they've straight up just made her 007 already, right? Yeah. Like yeah, because there is a five year gap, I guess, between the beginning of this movie, which is kind of the end of Spectre, and the beginning of like No Time to Die. You know, in that five years, you know, he's become a recluse and and he just kind of his hidden away versus. No one knows what happened to them, so they just basically gave the title of 007 to somebody else, which is Lasana Lynch's Nomi character. And mm-hmm. it wasn't this movie about like setting up her character to be 007. She was just, she was for like a minute there until she gave the title back and in the last set piece to like, it's like ceremonial or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I thought they did a good job. I don't know. There was this weird like culture war thing about it or whatever. It's like, oh, they're using a black woman to replace this old white man, James Bond or whatever. But like, at the end of the day, it didn't really feel like that in the movie at all. Like, it didn't feel, it, just, it felt very natural and organic in the movie. Uh, I she felt was like, a little mi- sidelined too. I think like, yeah. She did, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I felt like the advertising led you to believe that there'd be a lot more, I don't know, conflict there yeah. than actually was. Like, I think it ended up being fine. And she got sidelined at the end, but she's also she's also not James Bond. I don't know. It's, you know, it's a James Bond franchise. It ended up being a little more, like, cheeky humor than, like, actual yes, fight absolutely. over the mantle of 007 or whatever. Which I think was much better. I, like, I think it would have been weird if they made it too adversarial. It would have been odd. The lighter touch there was was definitely much better. She's not coming back, by the way. They're not doing a spinoff. Oh, yeah? I think the Broccoli's came out. They were like, we're not doing a spinoff. Like, we don't do spinoffs, so it's just not going to happen. Let's talk about this. So this is a very definitive end for James Bond, right? When we see him die. Like, what is next then? Like, do they just completely reboot? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that's what they do all the time. That's what they do every five, time. Four, five, but dude, six is movies. Is that what they do? I mean, I guess with Daniel Craig they do, but like from like Connery to Dalton, they didn't do that, right? It's not like this is a different James Bond. Yeah, like if you care about like continuity or whatever, they never officially say hey, we're like wiping the page. But like, I don't know. Who cares? Like they're just gonna, they're going to do a new James Bond, and it's going to. I guess I see what you're saying. Like this, this five movie sequence or whatever is definitely going to stand apart from the rest as its own like story arc, like with a yeah. definitive beginning and an end to his career, um, with like definite characters strung through it. Vesper at the beginning and the yeah, the Madeline at the end and the daughter and the Blofeld. Like you know, it it is all very like tightly linked and doesn't seem to work as like this. I don't know, scattered set of stories scattered throughout the life of this agent and like who knows when they happened and maybe they're all in continuity maybe not like i, t- I totally get what you're saying but i don't know whatever like <laughs> i don't know like it's fine they're gonna reboot it and it is what it is i feel like you're gonna have to disregard this like yeah absolutely like yeah you yeah i think there's like fleeting references to to tracy bond you know like mm-hmm. um his wife that was killed once in a while but like most of them, they're like just completely divorced from continuity. I don't think there's any anything that carries over, really. Yeah. Even installments of the same Bond, there's like really little continuation. Like Pierce Brosnan, yeah. like Goldeneye has really nothing to do with Tomorrow Never Dies or The World Is Not Enough or <laughs> Die Another Day, right? They're all yeah. just completely separate. They're just going to cast another Bond and, like, it's going to be a new dude. Yeah, I guess that's part of what I'm, like, trying to say is that before Daniel Craig, the Bonds were very much just, they all were just, like, standalone movies that didn't have continuity, so didn't matter 
what really happened to him, but like there's this very definite like story created by Daniel Craig and it's now they've done something with the Bond character that they've never done. They've actually killed him. And like now when they recast him, like are people going to be like, well, didn't James Bond die? No, I don't think anyone's going to. I don't know. I don't think it's that confusing because, you know, it's it's not, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think it's totally fine. I don't know if they're going to do a new story arc or if they're going to go back to this, the old way of doing things. Like, I'm not yeah. sure. And I'm interested to hear, hear what you guys think. Do you think they're going to stick with this kind of somber tone of these Craig Bonds? Or are they going to go back to like a more fun kind of campy one? Someone said they're going to go back to like the really campy shit with uh, the Peter Sellers Casino Royale. And have James Corden as the new Bond. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm nice. fucking break into hives if that happened. Oh my god! <laughs> I think you have to. You know, the Daniel Craig was just this reaction to some of the that campiness of the of the Pierce Brosnan era. I think you kind of have to react to this and maybe like do something drastically different, and maybe that means going back to that kind of campy or even kind of like in a sense molding it more like mission impossible movies right where they're like mission impossible isn't campy but it's definitely still over the top more than these daniel craig movies have been so yeah. maybe it's doing something like that i'll say i think what they're missing what they're, i don't know if it's missing it's intentionally excised but what they don't have is like the kind of fun aspect of of james bond quote-unquote like he's Mm -hmm. he likes drinking and smoking and women and like traveled exotic places and fast cars and like that's all kind of in here but like kind of as part of the mission Mm -hmm. in a way you know what i mean like he's not out there enjoying any of this shit like i guess i guess he kind of does a bit in casino royale but like it's not and 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 that's definitely intentional right like we don't well that that that's a conversation about the character itself right like i don't think you can do that character what he used to be like in the uh like connery even in the brosnan like age the, right like like the womanizer character. yeah the womanizer yeah. like the guy who just drinks too much and like i what i really enjoyed about this movie was that there were no female characters like that right like the 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 closest you get to like the male gaze on a, on a female character is just like Anna de Armas in like her dress maybe, but mm-hmm. even that character like shuts him down right saying like no this is we're gonna keep this professional this is like my first job and you know none of the funny business right and like mm-hmm. I, I think that is a purposeful kind of like no we're not doing that like this is not this is definitely a mission statement yeah. for sure yeah so I I don't know I I think you can't. Especially, you know, in, in our kind of climate. You can't be the James Bond of old anymore. No. Really? Well, I mean... I do think, like, they definitely established this new Bond in that direction just because of, like, this new era of, like, more socially conscious of filmmaking and storytelling. And they upended that from the beginning with Casino Royale. So I don't think they're going to step back into the womanizing sexist character i mean they could maybe they'll do like they could like hang another lampshade on it or like actually have some sort of commentary on that type of character maybe i don't know who knows i mean can you have this character womanize without being an outright misogynist or is that like a contradiction in terms for you guys like why can't he just be you know sex positive bond (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean that might be the new direction i i Mm -hmm. don't think that's outside the realm of possibility. I do think like the misogynist bond is probably 
out of the picture. We're never going to see him again. But, like, I don't know. I'd love to see, like, a sex-positive Bond. I mean, like, I think if you don't have the, like, fast car, hard-drinking, smoking, womanizing Bond, you're missing the, I don't know, the fun, wish-fulfillment-y aspects of the character. Uh, outside of the violence, I guess, which is a whole other thing. Yeah. But if that's all you're left with, like, you're missing a lot of what people like about this character, I think, for better or worse. Well, I, I was going to say, like, I think a franchise that has taken the idea of Bond, of old Bond without the kind of, like, womanizing, but still having a lot of fun with, like, the spycraft and everything, is the um, Kingsman series, right? These guys that have, like, they're just heavy That's action. a good call, actually, yeah. Good action, heavy action, and then, like, you know, a little bit more gore than a typical James Bond movie. But then also, like, the cool gadgets and, like, that kind of sleek, suited look that, I, I you know, we remember from the old James Bond era. I think it's taken that idea. Like, I think a lot of, like, franchises now have, in part, taken from James Bond and kind of, in part, kind of replaced James Bond. Like, I mean, like, we've talked about Mission Impossible, right? Being this franchise that kind of reminds us of old bond but it has kind of become its own thing like i think the kingsman reminds me of old bond but it's become its own thing you know and like it's kind of funny that like this era of james bond the daniel craig james bond is like redefined itself but in a way that feels a little bit less recognizable to maybe people that have loved like the older james bond movies right yeah and like i think everything about the craig bond is very grounded like it doesn't even have that many gadgets in it right and like every mm-hmm. time they, they subvert that it's like in skyfall it's just a gun and like a radio transmitter or whatever and and q like he like ha- hangs a lampshade on it. he's like well we're not in the era of like exploding pens anymore you know <laughs> yeah but i do like the gadgets so i kind of want to see those return and i feel like this movie might have been the one where we've gotten the most Right? Like the, the turrets coming out of the headlamps. The car, yeah. The, mm-hmm. the watch that, mm-hmm. you know, it's like an EMP also and like blows up that guy's eye at the end of the movie. <laughs> I think this found a little bit better balance, but I, I agree. Like, I I love gadgets, right? Like, I think that's what's so great about like Bond movies. I, I would not mind bringing some of those back too. I do want to say that in terms of like the action and like the visuals for this movie. I think Skyfall is, like, gorgeous, because, like, obviously Roger Deakins, Mm -hmm. but I thought this had a better balance of blending, like, action with the cinematography, like, courtesy of Linus Sandgren. I think he did a really good job. This movie looks fucking great. Yeah. And all the action is incredible. I think all the action is really, really good. The opening set piece in Italy is so fucking good. That stunt where... He dives behind the the little ledge when the car comes. That's just yeah, that's crazy. Great. I've never seen any. Is that real? That's great. I don't know if I that's real, know. but that's that's some crazy stunt work. No, yeah, I, I did like the action. I go back to that Cuba scene. I really like that choreographed shootout with uh, Anna Armisen and Daniel Craig. A less serious question. Like this is all just like hypothetical. But like, do you think that they can? still keep any of this cast if they were to continue no. or do another bond or do you think they they just like no. like do a no. really hard reboot no. recast no. everybody you have to hard, hard reboot it well i mean they bought judy dench back yeah it's true i guess yeah you could bring ralph fines back if you really felt like it it'd be funny if it was just judy dench again <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, and I like that little homage in the off. Like, did you guys notice that? They mm-hmm. have yeah, just a little bit of a painting of her. Yeah. yeah, I thought that was really cool. They kind of did my dude Felix Leiter dirty, though. They fucking killed him. Kind of wish they kept him alive. Yeah. Yeah, but if they do that every single time. I feel like every time there's, like, some contact that gets fucking murked, you know? Yeah, but I, I guess if you've been watching this, though, like, you recognize his character. So, like, it gives his character something more than I think he's been given in any other Bond movie. Yeah. Um, so I, I appreciated it. Like when he says the line like, um, oh man, just do this one last thing so I can get back to my kids. I'm like, damn, you oh, dead. Oh shit, he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> <You> dead. <laughs> I did think some of the humor didn't land. I think yeah. maybe it's because of Phoebe Waller Bridge going a little too hard on the on the pop culture references, because like you know, with like Billy Magnuson's character, Logan Ash, you know? Bond's like, where'd you get Book of Mormon or whatever? That's not something yeah. Bond would ever say. He would never go see fucking Book of <laughs> Book Mormon of on Mormon. Broadway. I get it. It's a funny joke, but they should have given that line to someone else. There was definitely some one-liners in this movie that, like, they weren't really working for me. Like, maybe a, an older Bond, you know, that's the kind of humor or kind of retort that I would expect from them. But it's not what I expect from this character. And it was a little jarring and it didn't work for me. For, for the Daniel Craig, um, you know, this last run of his. Yeah. Yeah, but overall, I like I said, I I, I like this movie. I, I think batting average-wise, you know, he's over a, a 500 batting average, you know? Yeah. I, I, like, I, I like three, three out, out of five. the five. Yeah, so, you know, definitely go and check it out. I mean, I, I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I feel like these Bond movies always have, like, a, a really memorable heavy, which we didn't really get in this. We got fucking, what's that guy? Cyclops. We call them Cyclops. Yeah. The eyeball guy. Yeah. In Casino Royale, is Lashif the. Is he the primary antagonist? I feel like he is. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. He He is. is, Absolutely. Yeah. Does he have like a henchman that's like really memorable or not really? No, not really. You just remember Lashif. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And the the dude he beats for the Aston Martin. Yes, that's right. Yeah, absolutely. And he, he he stabs him at the airport and leaves him in the in the bodies exhibit. I mean, I would even say like most of the Daniel Craig Bonds don't have a right hand man, right? Yeah. Like I don't remember Silvo having one or Silva having one. It's really only Blofeld, right? Where he had uh, what's his name, Dave Batista. <laughs> Dave Batista, yeah. So like, yeah, that's not characteristic for all of the. Daniel Craig Bond movies, you know, I think they try to bring it back with the last one and with this one. I'll admit, yeah, this one I don't think is that great. Yeah. The the actual gag of like using the EMP to that like, was cool. his eye out. That was pretty cool. That yeah, was I interesting. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Although his like motivations don't make sense either because he was working for fucking Spectre and then in the end he's working for Safin. Yeah. They're not they they hate each other. That doesn't make yeah. any fucking sense. Well, I mean, I guess he's a merc, so whatever. They blow up Vesper Lynn's tomb in this too, which is kind of fucked up. But yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a fitting ending to, the, to this five movie little sequence, mm-hmm. and they definitely like hammer home some of the things they were trying to do, as you guys said, um, with the uh, the emphasis on on like decreasing the Bond girlness and uh, militarism, and they try and come back again and again to hit this theme of like intelligence operations coming to bite us in the ass and you know there are there are things they're trying to do with it they're kind of consistent through lines throughout i don't know yeah i guess we'll see what they decide to do when they reboot this in a couple of years we'll see what the reboot's like yeah well it's not gonna be idris elba that's for sure he's too old by the time they begin filming he's gonna be as old as 
Daniel Craig is now. Yeah. I mean, maybe maybe it's an old man Bond. I don't know. But I feel old like they've already Bond. done that. You know, Daniel Craig was like our age when... Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was, he was like 36, 37, something like that. Holy shit, really? That's crazy. Well, he's been doing now this so long that, yeah, now he's 53. in his 50s, right? He was... Damn, I can't believe it's been 15 years since That's crazy. Casino Royale. Crazy. If there's nothing else, I think that will conclude this week's episode. Uh, Jeff, where can people find more of your work? You can find me and my writing at strangeharbors.com, and I'm also on Instagram and Twitter at strangeharbors. What about you guys? Uh, you can find me getting annihilated by missiles. <laughs> how, about you? how about you, Derek? Well, I guess we're not seeing Amir next week. <laughs> Amir next week. <laughs> it's going to be dust. <laughs> You can find me at The World's OK's Photos and Screen Agents Guild on Instagram. Uh, but if you like this podcast, the easiest way to support our podcast is to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or any of the other popular podcast apps. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please do us a favor and give us a great star rating. It really helps to get our podcast out to more people. Yeah, if you have any questions, comments, suggestions on our episode on No Time to Die, uh, feel free to shoot us an email at jeff at strangeharbors.com. We like getting emails. Sometimes we read them out on the pod. So feel free to do that. And we will see you guys next week. See you next week, everybody. See you guys then.